0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. here's Hayden Cantrell, Miami Marlins infielder now uh, in the Marlins organization. Last time we talked a little while back, you were in the Brewers' org. Surprising right before the beginning of the season, you get sent over to the Marlins and really got going right away, Hayden, with a couple bombs right out of the gate and it seems like you're settling in nicely with your new digs. Congratulations on a good start and uh, thanks for taking the time to uh, hop on, Hayden.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it, bro. Um, Happy to be here.
0: So, Take me through that. I, I know we've probably got to start there, right? There's a lot I want to get into with you. Switch hitter, speedy guy, big time YouTube channel. A lot of things for us to touch on, but the human aspect of it all, right? I mean, you, know, you are drafted by the Brewers. You really only play one year there. And then you get a reminder of the business side of it, right? And you always see the, the big leaguers across or professionals across every sport. They say, oh, yeah, it's a business. It's a business. And, you know, you hear it, but you don't really experience it until you experience it. And you did. Uh, and how was that whole, you know, I, you put out a YouTube video on it, too. Uh, that did really well. But but, you know, just one on one, I guess, here, even though people are listening. You know, what was yeah. what was the emotions of that all?
1: Yeah. So um, that day started, I actually woke up and I was like, oh, it's first first exhibition. I will actually get a test run on the vlog. Um I woke up with uh, – me and Corey woke up, got a little – got our vibes going, and we were fired up. Me and him both were like, all right, we're going to play somebody else, another the uniform, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Well, as the day goes on, we end up heading to the field. Um, as we get to the field, we start playing catch. And right as we start playing catch, he says, all right, we got to meet up. And then literally when you know, like when that happens in pro ball, like somebody's getting moved, something, something just happened. So this is my first time I've seen it, like – firsthand I guess on the field in this way but Corey got traded to the Padres first and so as that day started we were like I was like dang like we do, we were just about to play catch and now he's just going to go pack up the apartment because we were in the apartment together and then um, we keep going through batting practice I go through my whole workout um, pre uh, pre-batting practice ground balls batting practice and then I I'm getting a little lift in I'm doing my own little workout in the weight room and then our trainer says hey Mike you want to go see you um and I'm like dang like you know that's that's kind of scary you know as a player you're like did I I got I got released or like you always think the worst cuz you got to prepare yourself whatever so I walk in there and he goes um bad news for bad news for us good news for you and I'm thinking you know he says you just got traded to the Marlins and I was like wow so Neither I cleaned out my locker right there. I had barely even moved in. Um, but me and Corey ended up we we packed up our apartment and uh, we actually got to watch the team that night. But as far as like the first first hand reactions, like you're not sure what to think necessarily because I didn't even know the details. I didn't know who it was for, um, what you know, if I was if I was going to pitch cola, what team I was gonna be going to. So it's a lot of that but you also just got to just wait by your phone you know it's kind of like it's kind of like during like covid like during like the spring training thing like you're waiting to see if you can get a spring training text like that's literally what that little timing period was they're like oh so what time do you leave i'm like i don't know no idea i'm not sure so but anyways uh they marlin's arranged to have me picked up the next morning um i got all my bags from the field i cleaned up our apartment me and him both he left at 4 a.m to go fly and uh you know and i and i They can't pick me up in a, like a suburban or whatever, but got to the field and then we had a practice. And, you know, I'm kind of like, I kind of like respect the game I respect other people's space, uh, like the way other people vibe or whatever. So when I come in, I'm not expecting to be like, um, like talking to everybody. Like I I expect to just be quiet first few days, get a feel out, see like, you know, but first day, like everybody was just loose. I was like, oh, it's great. It's gonna be easy fit. Um, and sure enough, you know, there's a bunch of guys that I really like, I really enjoy being around. So um, I always look at it for the better. I think no matter what the circumstance is, like you, your only choice is to look at it for the better. And sometimes you choose not to, but I, I always felt like in this instance, definitely for sure was a, a good example of that. You know, I think if you always you always think about where you're wanted, you know, I always I always say, I, I'm appreciative of, of the Brewers first opportunity to give me a start in professional ball, you know, hence I may have not even made it here, you know, may yeah. have not made it to this team, you know, so, um, you know, gratitude for that. And then, you know, now that I get to join a different group, you know, there's different perspectives I get to learn from. So there's tons of things to be, grat- you know, grateful for, you know, I haven't even checked all those boxes yet, but um, you know, it's definitely been a fun experience. And then, uh, you know, right, right off the bat, we got to face
0: them opening day. So. That, that was going to be my next question. Like that had to be so weird, right? Yeah. So you get traded. It, um, and, and and literally right after that you're playing the, against the same team
1: against the guys who I had faced in spring training so like you know those are the guys I was getting the season ready for and just turns out I'm like okay you know thank you guys for your help you know but now it's like thank you all for your help i got to face you before the year but you know then, then that's fun now so now you get to play the chess match with the guys you know and then that that's the that's the fun part of the game i think you know when you prepare and then now you got a chess match with people who know you you know, pretty deeply. And I've seen me play a good bit of baseball. So,
0: and in that first game, you rack up three hits, including a home run. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I figured a little bit of that, that had to be, you know, that fire, that excitement. Um, you know, it's, it's not the same as like the big leagues. You're getting traded from a rival team to another. Like I, I'm sure you're a lot of those guys are your friends, but yeah. there's still that, there's still that competitor in you, right? It's like you, you got traded from one org to another. Now mm-hmm. you, you get to face them right away and, and to, to pile together three hits in a home run that yeah. had to feel pretty damn good. Yeah.
1: And I'm like, I, I I'm, I'm a gamer, like the way I think about it. So, but I think like, I think more importantly than anything about like the, I had the three hits, but I think before that, like I had the hat trick, like I hat tricked off the bat off of these guys. So, but I think it was the, like, like you said, it was all of that stuff coming into the environment. It's opening day. I'm, I'm facing my old guy. I'm facing Justin Bullock, one of my friends. And then, um, so that kept me locked into it. it, it like, you know, obviously you never want to give up after like a few played appearances, but like if you're not like super locked into like your processes, like you can let that snowball. Mm-hmm. Like it, and, you know, that's hit like in this professional level, it can snowball pretty fast because you get a lot of ABs. But I think uh, I was feeding off the game energy the whole time. It was such a unique experience for me. Um, you know, that I was able to like continue to just flush like, you know swing and misses and like no get back on it like you know give yourself another chance and so like I think I think day to day more than anything I got a, like a nice like epiphany of like what what I need to be focusing on this season, you know, like keep pushing. Like you you start off with a hat trick. So somebody who like leaves after the seventh inning is like, yo, he didn't have it today. But you know, there were still at bats to be had that could change the the pace of the game. So
0: and um, and here I am talking about a good game, right? Like yeah. that's how that's how crazy it is. Here I am going going back to that game and telling you like, hey, that must have been nice to to ball out in your first game. But yeah, right. it, it, it was the first three abs. I didn't even realize that, that were were punchies. Which again, like you can mail it in, just say I don't have it today, or or you can look at each individual ab. Or as, hit the as panic a panic
1: button too. Yeah. And the panic button is also not competing. That's also not what the competing mode is when you panic. So it's also like, nah, it's coming like your pitch is coming. Like you missed those. All right. You're not,
0: you're not going to get another chance to hit them. Like the other, the new ones are coming. So, yeah. So it's talking, you're talking about your focuses and stuff like that. And you're a guy with a pretty unique skill set, right? I mean, switch hitter, you've got power, but you're also really quick and, you know, can utilize that to your advantage as well. I mean, three home runs out of the gate in like your first six or seven games to start the year, uh, but mm. you're also a guy that, you know, can utilize that speed. I was talking about this with Greg Jones of the Rays because he's another dude that switch hitter really, really fast can, can run into the baseball and hit home runs. But it's like, how do you balance that of, you know, you don't want to be the guy that's just trying to slap the ball on the ground and run it out because you know, right. you have ability to impact the baseball. And and this is a game that's driven by slugging nowadays, but at the right. same time, you know, hitting's hard. And if you have an opportunity to get away and steal some base hits by you know, chopping one in the ground and beating it out like no one else can—that's that, that's an advantage that few guys have. How do you balance right. that, right? Like, you want to impact, but you also, you know, you want to be able to define that consistency too. That's the best question in the world, and I think on a daily basis, I'm I'm attempting
1: to answer that. This is my notebook. <laughs> I don't show this to anybody, but this is my awareness notebook. No matter what, what what the what the topic of awareness needs to be, whether it's uh, a movement. Based, like, am, am, is, am I going to work out? Like, what's my plan? Or am I going grocery shopping? Or how do I need to edit this video? Or how am I approaching pictures? So, like, you brought up a good point. Like, this game is driven by Slug, but you mentioned Greg Jones, who I'm fascinated to watch play. Big Greg Jones fan for the same reasons, but I want to see how he's successful. Greg Jones slugs. So, like, but I don't think he has as much of an air rate as me, but that's where I learned from watching Greg Jones. And this is where I'm also at with the game, very much as a hitter. So it's like, I'm like certain ballparks we play in the Southern League. So like, you can't go dead center in Biloxi like you can go dead center in Wisconsin. You yeah. know, they even though they may have like the same um, dimensions, or whatever, the ball is not playing the same. So I think you're like I think what the league forces you to do is on a daily basis. Is it 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 makes you answer yourself. Like, can I drive the ball out to this? Section of the field today with my A swing. So, like, more things than not, like, I know I can't beat a wind in and go on Oppo left handed on the Oppo gap. So, but it doesn't mean I can't hit a double because no one else gets out the box like I do. Yeah. So, what well, I would say is like, oh, it's like exit velo is going to be correlated to slugging percentage and OPS. And, I, and Greg Jones is an example of not necessarily Greg Jones' base hit is, is slug. Like you, he's getting too. He's fast yeah. getting there. So I think, I think the measure of of knowing that you have that in the bag, you need to always just, you just don't give it up. But yeah. I work the opposite way in the game. So I train, I train like almost like a hit and run approach in pregame. Like, and I usually don't give away my nuggets, but that is a nugget. But I train that approach in like up and in where I'm like handcuffed. And I want to be able to still hit it hard, low and away. But that also has to do with being a switch hitter. So yeah. I brought up my notebook for awareness. So I have to know like how efficient one side is moving and switch hitters, even the ones who can't explain it, they know like their own awareness. Like I'm not getting to this one today, or because of this, or I'm not feeling quick here. So I have to do drills to make me feel quick in this lane. You know what I mean? So for me it has a lot to do with right hand dominance and right leg dominance too. So as a switch hitter, hitting left-handed, I'm right hand dominant and I'm right leg dominant. So all of my pregame work when I'm work, when I'm about to face a righty is going to be getting the left side ready to go, ready yeah. to go. But I need it to work on top and I think that's why you watch, see a lot of goats when you watch like Pujols and you watch Miggy and Bonds talk. They're all they're all throw on the same side they hit, Juan Soto, like all the goats like Mike Trout They all hit and throw on the same side. So what we have to compensate for, I feel like the most of switch hitters is is making sure the left team can compete. But you do that with your pregame work. And then what I like to do is when I go in the box, I'm on the dance floor. So it's like, it's a dance off between me and the pitcher. Like if I'm panicky, like obviously I'm not dancing good. Like I'm not gonna be able to get my barrel to what I wanna get my barrel to. Yeah. And he he can also dance on me too. But the same thing goes back to slug and not slug. Like for me, balls and play are slug. Cause it's cause of the swing I've designed and worked on my entire life and my instincts are explosive. So for me, it's about like, keep, hold on, Hayden, like hold myself back. Don't, don't jump.
0: It's coming to you. It's coming to you. So, That's like, what I was going to say. Like how much picking your
1: spots, right? Like it, it could be that, but you also like going into that too. I'm glad you said that, but it also jogs what kind of arm is on the mount. So it's like, I got a guy who's like high spin, right? And he's pounding my up and away black. So I'm either going to make a box adjustment to cover that pitch better. I'm going to move up on the plate, just depending on how the four seems point. Like if guys got late life, I'll, I'm either trying to cut it off early or I'm going to ride with his depth. So like there's both of those, but I also know too, singles are going to get me in scoring position. And the way I hit the ball, I'm going to get lift. So for me, I don't have to think about bomb because the second the pitch trickles on too much white, my instincts are primarily telling me to hit it off the scoreboard. So like, that mechanism is also trained too. So maybe it's like you say three swings or the last two swings every round, you let the beast out. And then the whole time before that, like you're taking like a round of six. Now I'm just trying to clean it up, stay clean, stay clean, stay clean. <clears throat> and then you'll get back on it. But also at the same time, too, I'm a plate discipline guy. Yeah. Like I put myself on being the best. I, I, I'm talking about the best. I want to be the best. And when that pitch is a ball, I take the pitch. When that pitch pitches a strike, I'm swinging. And then what I also do on top of that is I've played this game for a long time. So I let my instincts of my breaks, yeah, yeah, yeah no. But I always tell myself I'm going because I know I can stop it. Mm-hmm. That's also part of it too, though. Guys are so much around the zone with good stuff. The mechanism of go, go, go has to always be in there. And then whenever you're facing like a slower arm, you're like trying to like hesitantly wait before you're saying, okay, yes, 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 yes. So you try to like not be out in front of the guys who touch slow. And the guys who always are getting above barrels and blowing you away, you're like, I'm always going to be on top of those guys out in front on his heater. You know what I mean? And then like every day, like you get in the cage, and you're like, it's quicker, but that's not something you're focusing on. You just feel it. So instead of like, Oh, I need to make this mechanic fix. Like for me, I can prop up my phone and I'm like, yeah, okay. I see it. One simple fix, but sometimes it's just about like breathe. And then I watch the clip where I'm just breathing at I'm like, Oh, the hands get where they need to. So it's there's tons of like variables that factor into like game readiness and choosing a game approach. But I think if you have the two strike approach that allows you like, yeah like I said, have the Greg Jones skill set to turn a single into a double in any part of the gap. Like if you have that in the bag, you can always use that as like your contact swing on MLB, the show with two strikes. Yeah. You know I
0: mean?
1: yeah. And then early in the count, like you're going after what your eyes like. So I don't necessarily say pick a zone. Because like I, I kind of think about that a little bit differently. So like orientation of where I'm at on home plate, I know home plate. I know where my eyes know where home plate is. But I've never been the guy to say like, okay, I'm looking like middle in, or mm-hmm. I'm looking up and away, and I'm gonna do this with it. I've always been like, if my eyes see it fat early in count, this ball is getting slapped, and it's getting it's getting hit with something. So it's always go, 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 go. If my eyes don't like it, take. And then I've been fortunate my whole life that I have that synchronicity with also my plate awareness. So I like what's where I like to hit it and also don't like where I don't hit the ball very hard.
0: So you it, so you you trust the you trust your almost like innate pitch rack ability rather than like, okay, it's two. 0 I just stepped out. I know this guy likes to go in with the fastball to try to recapture the strike zone. Let's say like, Correct. instead of, instead of picking that spot, you're a guy that's like, I I know that my, my innate ability to to recognize pitches will, will, will tell me whether I should pull the trigger here or not. Ideally I want to play my game. So yeah. like, like I've never like I've been the guy in the Cape Cod league
1: where like, I remember there's an interview with Katie Florio and she's asked me, what do you guys have on the starter tonight? We're playing the semifinal games against Bourne or something or uh, quarters. And we were just, we were playing, we were dancing to Lachona in the locker room all day. We throwing the Frisbee and the football, like not even playing baseball. And then we got to pregame. She goes, what do you got on tonight's starter? I'm like, we don't even know who he is. But like, I've also been that guy because when I was with the Commodores, I learned like, when we got the juice, it doesn't matter. Like, He's gonna throw it over the white thing. Like my eyes know what it looks like crosses the white thing. So, but obviously, when you get to pro ball, you can't be naive with that. Yeah, you have to understand spin rates and. You you got to know what this guy's got. You know, it's it's too good of a game now. I think maybe five years ago, that's that's cap, that's cap. Maybe a decade ago, you could like you could go in there like pretty consistently because guys were just throwing the same things. Now, like they got all the design of everything, so. But that's what you got your apps for. They, they give you your video app. I got my awareness notebook. And then you profile the arm. And then you know, like, okay, this one's never going to be there. But that's what it is to me, though. It's not like, oh, his stuff plays really good here. It's like, okay, whatever. His stuff plays really good here, but pitchers miss. They miss all yeah. the time. So yeah. it's not it, – the game isn't revolving around him executing. If it were that, we would never be hits on the board. We'd yeah. never execute because they would be lighting it up, but they miss. So what our job is, or I feel like mine is, is if I'm locked into the, if I'm locked into the home plate, pregame, I visualize what I can see myself doing on the arm. Sometimes there are realistic days where I'm like, I do not see myself getting lift on this arm today. So I'm going to like hit and run approach. I'm going to like, I'm going to get in that short man or whatever that little cue is, whatever's going to get me there to be comfortable. And then once I work into the game, as game flow goes, I try to just ride game flow. So as game, like, it's like for me, like, strikeouts don't beat me up because I'm, like, even keel. Like, you can't piss me off. But, like, I will ride a a cat face hit. Even I will will let that gas me up. And I'll let a double gas me up. And I'll let a home run gas me up. And then you'll see, like, I'll let that game flow take the the beast out of me in that way. But there's some arms where, like, some days, like maybe on a Sunday, like, I really love playing on Sundays because it's day games. I love it, whatever. I walk out there and I am swagging like for whatever reason the pitcher goes through his windup and I got the rhythm already, so I just ride that. And then as I need to pull back the reins, I know I need to measure back to. But it also goes—it always goes back to what I can see myself doing on the pitcher. So if that is low and hard, or if this is like, hey, this is a realistic guy when I get him boxed up, if I stay in the gaps, I got a bump. I got, I got like I got slug. Like I did my job.
0: It's funny because I was going to ask you that specifically that a a lot of times this year, you know, and again, like you do a great job of being able to impact the game, even when you're not, you know, picking up hits, right. You're walking, you're, you're stealing bags, you're getting in scoring position, you're playing good D, uh, your speeds kind of making its way out there too. But what I noticed is, is a lot of your games so far, you've already had three multi-hit games, two, three hit games this year. You know, so it seems like in the early going, they kind of came in bunches. So that kind of backs up what you were saying, how, like, when you're feeling it, you're feeling it. How yeah. do you, you talk about not really letting the, the negatives get to you. You know, yeah. how, how do you manage that still, though, in a way that it's like, okay, I I don't have it today. This pitcher is harder to pick up. You know, this is a freaking hard league. Double A is nuts, especially now. Like the talent. Yeah. I was talking to, to to your teammate, Griffin Conine's dad, about this. You know, Jeff Conine was talking about it. He's like, the, the stuff that, that these guys are seeing in double A, bro, I never saw that in the minors like you just he never saw that like 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 you were saying 10 years ago it was different I mean yeah how do you manage that uh you know you go through an 0 for 12 stretch uh without maybe changing much because that's that's the struggle with baseball right is just because you're slumping doesn't mean that something isn't working uh it it just means you're in a little bit of a lull but maybe you do need a tweak like how do you gauge that all
1: well it like there's like I said there's multiple factors to that but Like for me, like big flaws, I see them on video. I have my way of watching video for me and I know where the big flaws come in. Because of that, I've had that awareness for about a good year now. So I at least know what I'm fighting mechanically like when I watch video. So I already know what my limitations are with the bat in my hand already. So because of that, like it always comes down to like strike zone awareness first. So it's like, you can't even play the game if you don't know where home plate is, I feel like. And I feel like sometimes it takes me out of the hitter mode. Sorry to know I'm working against that. So when I get in the games, like I feel like not letting it beat you up is just about like you, like we're entertainers. So this is how I've had to change my perspective over the years, right? Like you go to college, you're the top dog. You get about two hits a night. It feels like if you're, if you're doing what you're supposed to do in college, like you go one for four in college, you're pissed. Like that's just the way it is. Like pro ball, you're like, Now I see it's like you get five plate appearances, and my goal has always been like I tell people what I try to do. I want to score, I want to touch home plate four times this game. Like I wanna four times. So like I got five chances to entertain. Like this is like to to go all out. Like games I don't get on base, I am not tired. Sometimes you only you don't even get a ground ball. So like what did I go do out there for nine innings? Okay, so I gotta entertain when I get on here. So I get like I got five plate appearances to score home plate. And then when I don't, like that's okay. But I've had to change that over the years. Cause it was just like, man, we lost the game and I didn't score. And then like, that would kill me. Like that would, cause that wasn't the case in college. I would always score mm-hmm. like bad arms, always get smashed in college. Um, guys who can't throw you out straight up, can't throw you out in yeah. college. You know what I mean? So I think like the, the range of what you understand to be your chances are like sharper, but then like, once the game elevates around you, you also elevate. So like, that's the way I've always been too. So like when I'm around, like around constant competition all around me, like I have no chance to second guess because I'm already, I already operate in this like five, nine, 175 pound, like vibe that I have to, I gotta be, I have to be really like, I would say, I would say I have to be vibrating in order for me to do really well.
0: Like I have to be that that's your game though, like that you're switch hitter, yeah. speedy guy who can who can play all over, like give you value no matter where you are in the field and and what you're doing, right? Like I, oh, no you got to ch- lean into that.
1: No choice to even sulk. So like, and I've also sucked before too. I think on top of that, like I've sucked before. Like I know what sucking feels like. I know what having bad babbit luck feels like. So like, and no one understands that more than me. But I also can look back and see at the levels of consistency on the plate discipline. Like last year like, was a crazy year. It was one of the most crazy years of baseball I ever played just because of just seeing the way, like, stuff was getting caught, like, that I'm not used to seeing getting caught or flying out a lot, and then you get punished for filing pitches off, but, you know, I think, like, after seeing all that, even still, like, I, like, before I got traded by the Brewers in spring training, I got, like, the swing decision award. It was, like, a trophy for the guy in the org with the best swing decision, so it's, like, that is the level of consistency like that is like and that's what they say it is like how did you train that and that's what they'd ask me sometimes is be like you are you are elite at the level of the game that's the hardest to teach and that's not what it, that's not what i think of as that's not even what my approach is as an instinctive player but i do know i want to control that but yeah. i'm trying to i'm trying to touch on play you know so, so it it gets tied up in there because yeah. you're rewarded based on something that you've never been rewarded by yeah like growing up as a kid that's not. That wasn't what we celebrated walks, but like we also didn't celebrate getting struck out on a pitch. That was two balls outside and yeah. you got banged on it. Like that's something that was celebrated and I was commended for it. It's like, no, good take. Don't swing at that. That's not, we don't, you're not supposed to swing at that. So, and then you leveled up in double A and now they got like trackmans mans in some, in some dugouts. So like, you know, you're, you can hold the umpires accountable. You're like, no, like we, we know you know, some days you don't have it, but like, umpires get better and it helps. It's good for the game. You know, I'm not, a, I'm not a robot guy, even though the robot would help me incredibly. Yeah. I'm not a robot guy. I want, the closest, I want the closest available guy you have to a robot. And if the closest you have to a, a robot is 70%, I'm cool.
0: I'll Okay, fine. But I don't, I don't want the robot. You got to figure out the new zone, then. You know, you, you got to figure out the new zone and adapt. But I, I'm with you. I, I don't really want the robot either. It's a, it's a nuance it's to the game. I just like It's the catcher. It's the,
1: you know, it's all of that. You know, it's that like the game. You'll just have a bunch of catch and throw guys at a certain point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I understand what that does to running game I and mean, like, you know, it's going to revolutionize the game in a way that y'all maybe didn't intend. But y'all want y'all want the umpires to be better. You know, that, so that's what uh, that's what I got i'm with you
0: and so that's the flip side of that that's the flip side of that i and that's the thing is you know i, I talked to some catchers obviously some catchers that are great with framing and stuff like that they don't want the robo arms or anything like that but it's interesting to hear it from someone that like you said probably would benefit from it um and, and you talk about the Babip, you know 233 Babip last year with your speed that's that's blatantly unlucky uh in, in a lot of ways and i think we'll, you know we'll see that kind of tick up this year already uh but getting on base you were phenomenal in that department 376 clip last year and you talk about like the spurts of when you were really swinging it well uh, but also your focus right and and that focus helped you get on base that focus helped you be productive and overall still you know help your team win ball games and how do you strike that balance as well of like yes you want to be the guy that scores runs you want to be the guy that impacts the game in a bunch of different ways but at the yeah. end of the day when it comes to the minor leagues the sad reality is you, you got to also put up individual stats and like, right. you know, how do you, how do you tow that? Because again, like you do a great job of getting on base. You talk about the swing decision award. You're walking a ton again this year. That takes a lot of pressure off of the hit tool in terms right. of like, how, like you don't have to worry about luck when you walk, right? You can square up a baseball but the perfect freaking swing you've ever put on a ball and you're walking back to the dugout, a walk is a walk always. So like that hedges some of the issue or some of the concern that just makes baseball so hard, but right. how do you balance that with like, okay, I, I still need to, you know, pick up my hits and and, and be that guy that starts to, to boost up the personal stat lines. Cause you yep. know, you're capable of doing both. And again, it's like baseball is one big juggle of, of, you know, kind of extremes.
1: Yeah. So for me, that was like, it was, it was like video related. So for me, it was like <clears throat> I attribute a lot of my Babbitt un- unluck to a mechanical flaw that ha- was happening left handed last year, predominantly, uh, which was resulting in a, a ridiculous amount of like high pop ups on like hanging curveballs and like warning track fly outs on fastballs. So as far as that's concerned, like, Yes. Hits is, hits is like what I've been after, but because of like, it has been like the launch off my bat. Like I didn't hit a lot of balls low, like whatever, like I hit more balls low, there's more hits. So I know, I know that to be true, but at the same time, like the the plate discipline ties into how you taking swings on pitches too. So mm-hmm. like I'm never in the box taking a swing. That's, that's knocking me up on purpose to my fault sometimes because the two hits I had this week on I think Friday and Friday night game they were but I got blown up on like 94 in and then like 88 minor slider in but both of them got jammed and like the game rewarded that and they were low but I think last year at that point I I was having a mechanic issue um that I didn't realize so it's all off season so I tackled it and I was watching video of me in college because that's just that's how you that's how you check yourself but and it's all, you know, the off season is a time when you get to feel stuff out and make those changes. But, um, and that's that's the whole idea with the the hit and run approach. The hit and run yeah. approach idea to to lower the the launch off the bat, lowering the launch off the bat, not necessarily going to mean I'm going to hit more ground balls, but it's mean I'm going to hit more balls on lines. It's also mean I may get more backspin. Like that's also the goal too. So, hitting a lot of balls that didn't have probability to be hits, and then the ones who were hits, maybe I hit them too hard or too soft, given the time. Like that's just. That's just the universe like i didn't earn it you know that's just the way i chalked that up you know so like but the games like i was locked in i'm like there's a weekend below it and i was locked in uh that was fourth of july like the mechanics on the fourth of july like that's what i'm after like and that was a that was a oppo and that was a pull size so like i know on that day like that's where i wanted to be and those balls weren't hit like super high or whatnot and then also i had a base hit you know on a slider so like that, that's a day for example i can look at and then for me, I go look at my video right-handed and then, you know, the thing about being a switch hitter is like, you can always look back about being, you know, I'm a right-handed person, right-legged, right arms. So like when I watch my right-handed swing, I'm like, oh, I like it needs to be like that. You know what I mean? So left hand, you know, the off season was about attacking that left-handed. So trying to get a little bit more balls low. And so the goal of that is also going to lower my strikeout rate. So because I had that elite fly ball rate, it also had to do with my path. So barrel was entering too under the ball at a certain like fractal of pitch depth. So like I was approaching balls in a certain tunnel that weren't needed to be approached that way. So they were always resulting in like a warning track fly ball. Like I hit hard enough, but also not hit like in a level where like I wanted to just like get on top and hit it down the line or something or like hit it in the gap. So like stuck between there and a few times because of mechanic last year. I think last year now, or excuse me, this year now is a little bit more of identifying, like, like I said, like by pitcher, by pitch location, like, and having that better feel in real time in the box, like as the pitches, as I'm adjusting to the pitch or as it's making the the late break on the change of like, I need to not like, I'm no longer trying to hit this ball in a certain location. I mean, I'm now trying to hit it somewhere else. So it's, it's like, it's a mixture of that. And I don't know that, it's hard to explain because that happens at such an intense micro level in training. You know what I mean? But that's what you're approaching it. Like you're doing a variable training with like uh different pitch types and different weighted balls trying to accomplish the same goal. And then you, you know, you, and then you go into the live environment and now you're back into the dance hall. Like you, you don't have time to get to all of these mechanics where not. You're dancing, it's a dance hall, and then you watch video and you reassess. But that's what allows me to stay consistent on the plate discipline side because I understand that you can't plague yourself with the with the mechanic of it. Like it's in there or it's not. And then you pregame and post game, like you can work on that. You can work on the mechanic. Like, you know, because I think like the way you sleep affects the way you walk, the way you swing and whatnot. So like if you want to go work on your swing, like whenever you're going to get feels at night, which is what I do, got bats all around this apartment. <laughs> but you go, you go get the field right. That's where you fix the mechanic that you see on video and your only chance to fix it is whenever you watch it after watching after you perform which like performance time isn't the time to do that and even i did i agree i need to get my computer charged real quick dang even to a certain point though like i feel like you really can't even check in completely whenever you get into a cage session because like at a certain point you still need to like understand like hey this happens in 0. 0.4 seconds so like To what degree are you really thinking here? So it's like more of like a exhale. And then like when you step in the box, like I trust myself, I trust myself. And I think it's reminding
0: yourself that there's trust. um, That's the biggest help. So we were just talking about this like off the air, but like something that I also think the listener can tell is like, okay, this is a really heady player who, you know, knows himself knows how he wants to do things. And that's extremely valuable, right? Like we're always talking about, you always hear scouts talking about makeup and those things. And like, that's important stuff. But at the same time, you know, what you just talked about, I think is extremely important where it's like, you got to think you got to be thoughtful. You got to know what's going on and hold yourself accountable. But once you're in the box you got to just trust that you prepared yourself as much as possible. At at what point did you realize that? Because when, when I was in high school, I know like that was something I would carry my thoughts into the box sometimes. And that would, that would kind of keep me almost like, it felt like the game would, would speed up on you when you're taking time to think in the box. And I mean, everyone's probably guilty of it from time to time. How do you find that balance of, of like, okay, I want to be thoughtful. I want to be prepared but also once i get in that box like i'm just playing ball and i'll worry about it after and reflect back i think i think it always had to do with i think
1: it always had to do with like a need for accountability like always felt like um where i came from in high school i went we were all like kind of like very strict ran high school like no facial hair no like long hair at all um like you wear uniform the right way you take care of the field before and after games um you know so like I think we always had that accountability. So that was the first place, like I tell people a lot, like I played I played fun U-Triple-S-A baseball among the most competitive kids in Louisiana who basically make up all the Louisiana college baseball teams. So growing up, I was always playing for my dad against those kids. So it was best case scenario for a kid growing up. 13, 14, my dad stopped coaching me so I can get ready for high school. Um, and then kids started passing me up so like physically. So right there was like, I had this super locked in awareness about like how I need to get prepared. Um, I'm going to hold myself accountable to push-ups and sit-ups every night. Um, uh, like little stuff like that, like reading about like Herschel Walker doing all like, like he did like a thousand pushups and stuff like that. And like, he's Herschel Walker. So like, also believed in like the, I always believed in like the stacking of, uh, behavior over courses of days. Like, I attribute a lot of that, but that had to do with, that all has to do with accountability. So, but when I got back to, to high school, when I got into high school, I really like, I tell people between 13 and 14, I kind of lost my grip on baseball. Cause I was like, I was getting passed up by these kids. Um, I was trying to compensate, uh, like in the box. Cause like the ball wasn't coming off my back. I was like, I was a late blooming kid. And, uh, but when I got to high school, uh, being in that strict program for whatever it was, it was about, te- like, we got tested every day, like, physically, like, did, did you have what it takes? To, like, because if you did, like, we were split up in, like, two teams. If you lost, like, a team challenge, you had, like, a penalty mile for, like, time when we were in high school. So we were not worried about the, the field performance because we trained at such an elite level, not even understanding it. We had such this trust in each other on the field. It, like,
0: carried
1: us. we won my sophomore year. I ended up pitching the state championship um, as a sophomore. Like, that's, I was like, I was the guy that like, yeah, you got the ball. Like, so it was like, it was stuff like that I always had in high school. Junior year, same thing. We won the state championship. Number four ranked team in the country. And we were going harder than anybody. But they're accountable. So, you know, who's not worried about his swing? Me. I got to perform for these dogs. These dudes are nastier than me. Like, I mean, I, I play with kids. Like, we would do, like, plank holes. We had, like, a plank hold for for PE. And losing team had, like, a penalty mile. And these two kids, and we we had, like, 10 minutes left in the day. And that's when our coach was like, yeah, we're going to do, like, a plank challenge. These two kids planked for 15 minutes, both, on our teams. We were all done. And these two kids, like, like so I, I went to school with kids who would rip your throat out. Like, so that's why I was accountable by and in my senior year, now I was the guy who was just the best baseball player. But I played with dudes who were just nasty. So more than anything, I felt I was driven by the people on the field. College comes, same thing. I played for the guy who coached my dad. So super accountable there. Like I was just – I just have to hold up the standard. I just have to hold up the standard. Sophomore year, same thing. Junior year, my draft year, got to hold up the standard. Got to hold up the standard. Indy ball, biggest change of my life. The one who's the most accountable is me. So it was there where I had to find all these behaviors about like, okay, like you got to find a way to assess the pitchers. You have to find a way to relax. Now, I I don't know the original topic of what we were going after, but but what pro ball really did to me though is pro ball really forced me to like, I have to trust to be accountable to myself. Like every day, like, so that also has to do with rewarding yourself for good. Yeah. And at a certain point in pro ball, I lost my touch with that because I wasn't being demanded by like my teammates. Right? Yeah, so that's, well, it's it's,
0: in, it's individual to a degree, right? I mean like it, you you want to win ball games, but at the end of the day, everyone's just trying to make it.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, and so like at the in two like we love winning, and to be honest, I realized when we win games, oh yeah, this was your question. I realized that when we win games, I overperform in college, when we were just trying to win games, I was overperforming. So, in pro ball, as much as I can gather guys or like, you know, whatever, just at least recognize, like, oh, yeah, this guy likes winning games. Like, then I'll just ride, I'll ride that energy with those guys. And that, like, I really built off of that. But that's where I had to realize that as, like, I loved this game because I loved it as a game. Like, and I knew how to play it. But the second it got amplified in other areas, as far yeah. as like, you need to hit it like this. And like, you know also credit to that because that's what allowed me to hit home runs that's what let me learn that I can hit home runs it's just yeah. like and hey, you can do that and it's like well oh, but I don't but like we're winning a lot of games and I'm just hitting doubles and singles all the time like right in front of the outfielders like whatever so I went through a transition in my game because of that yeah. and I thank the Lord for that but because I went through that transition I also realized like you got to go back to your roots every day like every day you start up like when you wake up out of bed like you gotta get your like your morning routine, to, like break you in, and then once you finish that, you gotta remember, like, yeah, Yo, you're doing the same. Like, get back to what you were doing. So like, it's a constant reminder because you're not you're reminded by nothing but it. You know, in the media, if if you if you look at it. and like me, I'm on YouTube. I'm trying to like I'm also trying to start like a a media platform for like you know some of my friends and like with the Five Guy brand and stuff like that. So. I'm in in it. Like, I'm in in what all of the fascination is with numbers or whatnot. I'm constantly reminded by it. But at the same time, I always have to tell myself, like, you get back to what you learned the game how to do. Like, you came through as a kid playing the game just to win. And that's when that's how you learn that, hey, when you go oppo with the barrel like that, it's a hit. Like, you know, and like, you don't have to go deep right here. Like, so it's like, Going back to your roots and then training strengths to grow every day. Because, like I said, you want to continue to stack habits that can build for you over time. So, like I'm 23 right now. By 33, I want my skill sets to all have been evolved. I want my arm to be better. I want to run better, more efficiently. Even though I've been safe my entire playing career, pro ball included. I still want to be I want to be healthy and eligible for every time my coach wants to start me on the field. Yeah, Wants to play me for nine innings. I want to be able to say, yep, I got it. I got it. And that's what I train for every day because that is my why. In high school, there was no Hayden. Um, You failed your test. Lunch sucked. uh, You're feeling sick, but you got the ball. Go give us five innings. Like in high school, that was non-negotiable. Yeah, it was non-negotiable. College, non-negotiable. I started and played every game. Non-negotiable. I knew it. My mind was prepared for it. So like pro ball, like you sit more and it sucks, but like, it's another skill you got to learn. So like you learn more about your game day routine. It's like, Oh, so it's like, even when I'm not on my game day routine, I can do this and I can choose not to do this. But I find myself doing my game day routine every single day. Cause I'm like, that's what gets me rooted. No matter if I enjoy it or not, I have to get rooted, whatever that is. And that's, that's what it is. And so I have to continue to revert to come back to that. And then, bust my butt in the weight room with new things that I learned. So at the same time, as much as you're trying to stay rooted, you're like, receive the information relevant, use it. And if you can't use all of it at one time, pick little pieces at a time. It's like, all right, you got to work on, like, you got to work on this with your left leg. You got to work on this with your, you know, however way I break up my body in slow motion at night and just dissect myself. When I wake up in the morning, I know the plan. So it's pretty much rinse and repeat process, especially when you get to the pro level. But in college, I never had that. The accountability was already there for me. The the routines uh, when you get to the field were set. You didn't choose any of it. I go to the cage now and I pick what I want to go do when I got a bat in my hand. Yeah,
0: and it's kind of up for- to you. That's the thing too. Is like a lot of guys, you know, you don't have that that push at your back anymore, right? It, it, it's got to be. It's got to come from within. Uh, mm-hmm. And and also like again, when you're in college, you have this hunger to to win, and you're pushing your teammates and everything. No one's going to come and say, hey, you know, we want to win these games and you need to step it up as much as you probably got in college, I'd assume. Right. Like, again, people want to win, but no one's going to tell you how to do your job. You're a pro now. And if you're not doing it right, again, the accountability comes from within. Off that point, you you go to Pensacola now, a lot of new guys. I, I mean, Biloxi was extremely talented. Uh, some guys that I love to watch play over there. Joey Weimer, for one, he, he, he's a guest of the show. That guy. i not watch him get at bats. I really would. I, I I get such a kick out of talking to that guy because he simplifies it so much. And, and uh, in his head, at the plate, it's the most complicated thing I've ever seen in my life, but it works so easily. But that's uh, how you understand it. Like that is yeah. that's, that is the eliteness of it, is the simplicity. That is the eliteness. My problem
1: is I, I've already made it so dynamic. Now I'm just trying to straighten up everything I've made dynamic. But when you bought it like that, you, there is no other, you can go live your life. You can go focus on other things off the field, you know? And like, that's the
0: beauty of that. Oh, love it. And he's going to be a stud. I mean, I'm all in on, on Joey Weimer, but big big gamer. And you go to, and a guy like yourself as well, that he prides himself not on just what he does in the box, like what, what he does in the field, what he does on the base packs. Like that's all stuff he prides himself on too. But yeah. you go to a new environment now in Pensacola, a lot of new players. I, I know I'm fortunate enough to know a lot of those guys and a lot of really good dudes there. But you talked about like the new environment. You, you didn't want to you know, be too overbearing. No one wants to be that annoying new guy. Uh, but you seem to get acclimated pretty quickly, both on the field and off the field. Uh, can you talk a little bit about just that adjustment with – with your new teammates and, you know, like what, what's been the best part so far. And, you know, just that, that whole acclimation process.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm a big respect guy. So like, I, I like you, you, like for me, I always know when I like walk up on you, like, I already know what it's going to be for the most part. So like, first thing I wanted to do when I got here is I wanted to show everybody respect. Like that's what I, that was my job. I felt like I'm new here my job is to be the first guy to be like, Hey bro, like I want to come across peacefully, whatever, you know? And then I think, I think that's where you start from us, your relationships. I always try to, you know, I always want to be the guy where it's like, you know, you're going to remember your first impression of me because you may not see me again, or we may not have another conversation. That's just the way pro locker rooms are. It has nothing to do with it being personal or not. It's just the amount of space guys have. Like I also learned too in pro ball, like the amount of, span you may be having a day varies like you show up to the field and some days you need to feed off of the energy of the chemistry in the room and that's what you gravitate towards on those days some days you've been in you've been grinding you go to your locker Hayden I gotta put my headphones on I gotta put my Canada dip in and I'm gonna go and I'm gonna go work out I'm gonna go get my mind right I'm not there right now I gotta go get right so like some days that's the vibe so I think before anything, I wanted to show everybody, especially the guys around me in my lockers, because those are the guys I talked to first. Bubba Holland, Zach McCamley, both guys.
0: Both, that. both the guys. Two of my favorite guys, so right there.
1: So fortunate, so fortunate. Will Will Stewart's my roommate. We're like this, and that's and that that's what it is. I think I think when you got when you come across respect, and then you know that's just my job, and that's all I did, and then they did nothing but the more than that, you know, those guys were so like, hey man, if you if you need this, oh man, you need a ride or. Um, you know, and that's, that's how it starts, you know, it's little things with us, you know, cause we're, it's business for us. When you get on the field, like at this point, the way we view it is business. So we don't really look at each other as baseball players more than not, because we try to evolve. Like most of our conversations, try them to have not be about ball. Like yeah, facts. For me, sometimes I can't help it. That's just the way it is. Sometimes I'm so curious. I have to ask, I have to, like, I'm asking, um, Pictures what their, what their fastball grips are. Cause I always like learning about throwing or whatever like that, how guys are throwing their change ups and why. So, um, I think it's like that, you know, but I think you start, we all started from respect at first and then, you know, the vibe has been great. I think all the infielders, uh, Kobe, Luis, Ray, um, Troy, Incarnacion, sometimes when he plays first, Paul, JD, Xavi, uh, those guys, I've, I, I'm i around the infield a lot, and it's always good vibes. And then all the outfielders, Griffin, obviously, good friends. Oh, Bubba. I didn't say Bubba. Yeah. Uh, you got Vic, Victor, Victor Mesa. Um, but, yeah, like, all, all those guys, like, we all have our own little, like, it's Maybe it may not be a lot every day, but, you know, like, oh, what's up? Or, like, a, you know, while we're both in our routines crossing each other, you know, sometimes it's only that. But, um, you know, when you're in a group where people are like, like what you do or like some guys ask me questions about my weird routine my workout routine um I don't really talk too much about it just because it's kind of like it's just mine you know it's just what I do so I don't really like harp on it too much but guys ask questions and I can't can't wait to explain it to them or, uh you know it's cool so you know not only that you know we're we're, we're good friends and whatever we play like super smash bros on our switch but it's also the guys too, where I can ask them about a game or like, Hey, what'd you see here? And, you know, I know who those guys are. I can ask and they'll give me feedback. And that's like, that's what I like, you know, cause I'm, I'm a nerd. I've been a baseball nerd my whole life. I don't want these guys to know that I, I, I would love to pound them about baseball 24 seven or about the way they, they, they think about in the box or, you know, cause that's, cause that's what's sharp in mind. You know, well, I was, gonna say, I was
0: say we talked about guys. it before. I know Griff will go, we'll go, pound for pound with you on that you guys mm-hmm. can probably talk and, hitting for hours <laughs> and then you know you find yourself too you
1: know that's cool part about the pro dynamic like the more you find yourself talking to like the different minds you either like gravitate towards yours or you learn something yeah and when you learn something you always have a choice and that's the cool part about that like you always have a choice to absorb it and use it or ignore it and, and not use it but you know, and I think that's the cool part about what we do. It's like guys do this. And I'm like, oh, I know I definitely don't want to do that. You know, <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's not. That ain't for me, but, that. but I appreciate that. Yeah. And,
0: yeah. And so take it a step further here. You know, you don't get to really appreciate, you know, some teammates and and, and the talent of a lot of people until you play with them. Um, in this instance, you probably would have appreciated it if you didn't get traded, but you got to appreciate it fortunately uh, by playing behind him. I got to ask you about the Yuri Perez performance the other day. Yeah. Uh, mm. He's nineteen freaking years old, man. Like he's he's a kid out there. He's six eight. The five innings, twelve Ks against Biloxi I mean, it must have been nice knowing that you're not on that side of it anymore. Because when that kid's shoving, he he's shoving. I'd love to hear your thoughts on on how Yuri looked uh, the other day because he's quickly becoming one of the most exciting pitching prospects in baseball.
1: Yeah, Nino. He. Uh, I, I think what I like about him is he's loose. I I, I think he's loose off the field before his starts. I think like. I think when he just operates in that realm, that he, he, like he, for me, he doesn't seem like a guy that needs to become overly absorbed. Like he's like, he's just so, when he, his stuff is so good. And he like, when he lets it play, it's, it's, it's so crafty. Like you can't, guys can't get on playing with it. Um, it's Isn't it crazy that are I mean, using though,
0: the word crafty though, for a six, eight, 19 year old who throws 96 to 98. And that's what he is though. He's crafty. It's
1: it's already, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, uh, there's no like if i'm in the box like that's that's how i'm i'm telling you as a hitter like he has got feel he's backdooring guys he's he's, so, he's got he's got it like that mm-hmm. and then it's like like the late movement with without having to force it you know what i mean so like that's when with guys like arms don't well i just don't tell them but pitchers don't necessarily understand all the time like yo pitches with good stuff hard to hit period yeah. hard to hit period because we don't even know what speed you're starting at right now yeah. We don't know. Like that's that's our game. Our game is to 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 pick yours out. Like so. Like but when guy stuff works, like it it has a chance to work. And so like guy like Yuri's like yo, don't walk, guys. Yeah, just go after him. Like that's what I got. So when I'm in the box, I'm like, you know, like like my approach, right? So like I'm facing Yuri Perez. Like what's first and foremost for me? Zone control. It's like okay, or it's like Corbin Burns. Like you're facing Corbin Burns. Like. He doesn't walk, guys. So, like, you know, that's the staple. So, like, when the guys know he's not walking, guys, it's like, dang, he's going to be on here and I'm going to be missing it. Like, or it's like you watch video and it's like, man, he's making a miss on home plate. Like, he's yeah. not it, he's not strike to ball. And i like, no, he's, he's missing. So, like, that's where it gets tough, too. Cause then you're trying to, like, now you're trying to get your approach where it's like, yo, we got to get it going because we may only have three chances to swing this at bat. Like, you might miss two of them. So, like, and that's where the approach would shift. You know, you would have, like, that I got to take my chance here or I don't. Like, I know this pitch isn't one I can take a chance on. So, like, and as he's going to keep pitching, like, he's in a level, too, where he's around, like, he's facing really good. There's a bunch of good hitters, bro. That Biloxi lineup is salty and, like, diced them up. So, you know, for him, he's just going to keep building that confidence, I believe, as he continues to pitch. And, like, I think you'll continue to
0: see that for some years. That's me. It's got, and I'm with you. I'm with you, bro. I, I, I see the same thing and it's cool to hear from somebody like yourself now that's, you know, but been on the other side, maybe not faced him, but still, you know, have gotten an idea of pitchers like him. If there's anyone even remotely close to it and then playing behind it. I want to give you like one last little chance too, cause I want to hear a little bit about the YouTube side. Cause obviously we do at just baseball a lot on the multimedia side. Uh, YouTube has been one of our latest, you know, things that we've been really excited to ramp up. So I, I've got a different level of appreciation for what you've got going on there. I mean, you're a professional baseball player. You got a lot. You got a lot on your plate, uh, but you still find time to to carve out this this five guy YouTube, which it was accumulated now twenty three thousand subscribers. Congratulations wow. on that. Twenty three, really? What? Twenty three? Yeah, you didn't know that? No, I thought I was at twenty two point three. Well, you're at twenty three uh, now. Um, thank you. thank and, you very much. And you're thank killing you. it on that. I, we were joking before, like before we started that the you know getting traded. Great, great clickbait. Like it was a great headline to get people to, to watch it. It was an awesome video, by the way. I really enjoyed it. But Thank anytime you. someone sees it, I got traded, I'm like, ah, I got to watch that. <laughs> so yeah. uh, and and it was crazy because you had you were unsuspecting leading into it. And then like you have it the whole day captured, which is wild. But what inspired you to create the YouTube in the midst of your baseball career? And, uh, you know, what made you at what point did you realize like, hey, this could actually be a, a pretty successful, you know, little side venture for me?
1: I think, um, I think it like it had a lot to do with kind of how like what my dad did. I think growing up because I was always fascinated by the skill of just in general putting a project together. I think I think like project management is like one of the more unique things you can do. My dad was a broadcaster. Uh, he had a broadcast degree. He doesn't do it anymore, but I remember when I was young, like he would always do the UL baseball games on TV as a color commentator. So. There were certain days where i was allowed to go in the booth and i watched him prepare a script um I'd, I'd watch him get deliver an entry with with confidence um and he spoke about a game that he knew so he was speaking about baseball and he did my dad very articulate so from there i always learned i learned of like creative skills so i, I enjoyed that and then i think when i was growing up like we grew up with the digital age i got Like, people don't understand. Like, our generation, we grew up pre and with and post, you could say. So, like, some of my friends don't do it anymore because they know technology. Like, obviously, most of – 99% of us do. But, like, we're part of the age group that's experienced both. Like, pre, uh, the boom, and then all of that. So, um, I was the kid that I would go on YouTube, and I wanted to learn about pro baseball and learn about college baseball. And, like, we were blessed. Like, we learned how to – we knew how, I knew how to type in words on the internet to find stories. I knew how to type in player information, heights, where they come from, training videos. Um, I wanted like that con that content, like literally, like, you know, people would say like, Oh man, I love the content you put out. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, you know, and that's how it started. So it started about me giving my perspective on what I thought we were doing. And, you know, honestly, I was humbled by what I was doing. So I loved sharing it. I enjoyed connecting over over a sport and it was just my, you know, my articulation of the sport that I play and as I do it. Um and as it's evolved, you know, I think at certain phases it's been about getting more subscribers and it's been about uh selling merch. Um but it's evolved for me. It's no longer about that. It's when I go back and look at my 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 <clears throat> what do you call it my library. When I go look at my yeah all the, all the videos i made, I want it to be remind me of the time period. Yeah. So like, so that's why I make them now. So I, I, I no longer make them for that reason because it is art. So regardless of how it's interpreted, like, that's how I want to remember the video. So when people watch it, they're always getting like the, or for me, it's always like the, Oh, you were doing this back then. Like I may say something, I may say something that like talks about, we went eat dinner. And then there's like, there's a side story for me that I can remember about that. Like, that's why I make the vlogs. Like, oh, when we were in this city, we did that. So, um, and then now it's just, it's about consistency. And it's an out for me because it's one of my other skills. Um, my, my sisters are artistically talented with paint and pencils. I'm not, I can visualize it though. I can see things. And that's what my, that's why YouTube is my craft, so to say, but I enjoy putting together those projects because, you know, once it's just like anything, when you, like, once you get the flow of something, it's so addicting. I, like podcasting is a flow. When you get in that podcast flow, it's good. When I'm editing and exporting, oh, there's like, it's the best, you know? And for me, when it's like, all things are connected, right? So for me, fortunately and unfortunately, my vlog content is related to my job. So like there is some, um, there is some difficulties as far as like content production. So like, there are some things where I'm disgusted about and I'm like, I don't remember, I don't want to look back and remember this about yeah. this time. And then there's also times where I have that same content and be like, I need to show them this. I need to, I need to put the hat trick in the vlog. Yeah. I got to put the, the 0 for five in the vlog. Cause it is me. Cause at the same time, like, how did I handle that? Like, and I, every time I want it, I want it to be a good example.
0: Like, yeah, it's what you're going through. Like mm-hmm. it, it's what you're dealing with, right? Like and that's what what I appreciate about that is, you know, that's kind of where we got away from everything in social media, which is like it's only the highlights, right? It's it's only it's only the best parts, it's only the the positives. And I think that's part of the reason why social, you know, has some of those negative connotations and things like that, but when you have something like a vlog, it's like this is the ups, this is the downs, this is everything in between. And yeah. uh, you know, there there's no BS in this or hiding anything. Like this is what it is. And I think that authenticity really really resonates with your audience, man. Cause I, I see those days in the life are probably some of your most su- successful videos. And you know, that's just a day in the life, right? Like that's just showing people what you're doing, how you're doing it and what you're experiencing and how you're experiencing it. And that's the most popular thing. So that kind of tells you everything you need to know uh, right there. Uh, what's next on, on the five guy YouTube for people to look out for I figure, I'll give you a chance to, to plug up real quick before we, uh, before we jump.
1: Yeah. I appreciate that. I actually have, a, um, I'm actually working on a project today. Today's my off day. Um, we, we bent we, we banged the beach today. We decided we weren't going to go melt in the sun again today. So we're going to call it inside, knocked out the pod with my boy arm um, <laughs> for the plug, bro. But, uh, we'll be, we'll be working on another, um, day in the life. It's going to be compilation. Yeah. I think i gonna have some, some, some videos from Huntsville. I'm going to throw in some some at bats there. Uh, I had some good right-handed clips. So I haven't shared some right-handed clips on there. So I'll be putting some live game footage from Huntsville, our trip to Biloxi. I got to see my dog. Um, My dog and my girlfriend got to visit me and my grandparents got to visit me this week. So we got to play on the beach, got to vlog some of that. So awesome. Some of that content. I didn't get any, any content with Joey Weimer. Um, We're not really allowed to do that on the field. So I'm not sure how that'll evolve in the next 10 years, but uh we'll see but that's where i'm at and then so that'll be coming out i I can't promise it'll be out today but hey if it gets done today maybe out today
0: hey well you should if you subscribe to to the five guy channel you'll know when it when it's put out there so yeah uh, that easy free that easy it's free to subscribe and uh so we will be doing you know jack my co-host and i will be heading out to pensacola at the end of the month uh so i know we'll be shooting some stuff out there uh so we'll be excited yeah oh we'll run it back i but but in person yeah isn't that crazy we haven't done you don't do interviews in person anymore like i can't wait for that because i'm really excited to get out there to pensacola hang out with you guys talk to you guys but also bro like i'd love to get in a cage with you and like like let's go through let's go through stuff like let's let's talk about what you're doing and, and stuff like that so a few weeks we'll be out there really excited to do that and what we can run it back, but very excited to, to watch the next day in the life. And then maybe by the next one, I'll be watching you uh, behind the scenes on the day in the life. Maybe we'll even get That's a cameo it. in there. So uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it, man. Again, appreciate you taking the time to do this because I know it's been a wild couple of weeks for you. Uh, glad you've kind of settled back in now. You know, you, you're comfortable back in Pensacola and I mean, it's a good group of guys. It, it's, it's a talented team. I could see you, you know, really starting to settle in there in the box. Ton of fun to watch you play. Excited to follow along. And, you know, next time we run this back, we'll be in person and uh, we'll have some cool content to uh, build off of this, man. Always, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Best of luck until I see you next. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines.